Hello everyone. I want to welcome you back to See the Sunrise. This is season two and episode 31. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33 and verse 3, the Lord spoke to the prophet while he was in prison. He said to him, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity to see what God is doing, not only behind the scenes, but in the lives of everyday people like you and me, from the pulpit to the pew. We all have had various challenges and experiences that bring us to a need for Christ in our lives. In my weekly devotions this week, my focus has been on resisting evil. As Christians, we're constantly under attack, either from the outside world or our own demons whom God has delivered us from. Satan knows the things that pull at us, but we are so thankful to have a God, a Father, that loves us and has given us spiritual weapons to fight against his schemes. No one is exempt from struggle, but God has given us an advocate to help us during those times of struggle. Today, I'm talking to pastor, senior pastor Chris Reese. He's the pastor of New City Church in Dayton, Ohio. Christ, Chris's story is an amazing story of repentance, redemption, and faith. I met Chris a few years ago in, initiative, in an initiative called the Emmaus Walk. And for those of you that don't know it, you might want to Google it, but it's an opportunity for us to know the love of God in a really significant way. I can't say enough about that, but today I'm talking with Pastor Chris. Their homepage is newcitychurchdayton.org, um, and they exist to know God, to love people, and to change lives. In my observations of watching Chris and his members, it is phenomenal the work that they're doing in Dayton. I've seen him have um, baptisms, I think indoor and outdoor baptisms. I've seen people whose lives have been changed and been renewed. I've seen people that the world might turn away, been embraced. And I just see a growth there where it is clear that the presence of the Lord is in that place. So welcome, Pastor Chris. Hi, Mamie. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I, I'm just honored that you are willing to sit with me and to have some discussion about um, your faith and your walk. So as I said earlier, uh, this week I've been talking about resisting evil, and I know your story is a very interesting story, and I, I love hearing it, and I know my listeners are, and your listeners will love hearing that story too. Tell me how you evolved to where you are today. Well, uh, how I evolved up to this point right now, um, uh, first of all, it's important to let you know that I am in recovery. And so I, God has uh, called me out of a, a life of addiction years ago. And uh, through 12-step programs and whatnot, I was able to get clean and sober. But then... Uh, Amy, I just found out that that just wasn't enough, that I needed, I needed more. And so uh, I found myself on that walk to Emmaus back in 2012. And during that time on that walk, something just totally transformed me. I had not experienced the love of God like I did on that weekend. And it was in 2012 on that particular weekend that I got called into ministry. And I've never um, 
planted a church before. This is my fir uh, first time planting a church and had no experience in it. But I am entrepreneur. Uh, I've been self-employed most of my life. And so I know how to start businesses. I know how to start things and, and how things operate. Mm -hmm. So my call into ministry happened in 2012. And we started New City Church October 22nd of 2017. But there was this five years that took place from 2012 to 2017 of transformation that still needed to take place for me to be able to fulfill what God was calling me to do. So when you say transformation, what was going on in those five years? Because, you know, someone listening may too be in that recovery stage and having some challenges. What was going on in those five years? Was there some shaping going on? Was there some challenges or struggles or some, some spiritual fighting, you know, the weapons of our warfare, having to have the, that armor of God? Uh, all the above. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all that's the where above. you say A, B, C, D, or all of the, all of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All of the above, A, B, C, A, and D. Um, so I, I guess looking back on it, um, you know, when you're not raised in church and, and you're, the type of uh, person that I was, I was just, I mean, I was a hard worker. I worked a lot, but I just, um, I wasn't raised in church. I didn't have a lot of, you know, a whole lot of faith uh, in Christ. You're growing up. I believed in God, but I just didn't have a lot of, you know, my faith wasn't strengthened at that time. So anyway, there was a lot of things that took place, a lot of testing of uh, my calling, testing of my faith that challenged me. Um, in ways to be able to, you know, to just to keep pushing on. So mm -hmm. uh, my marriage was uh, when uh, Tammy and I have been together for 20, we've been married 27 years. We've been together 30. So part of the testing that in the trials, tribulations that we went through was, was through our marriage. We went through some bumpy roads, you know, but we had to just hang on and realize, man, I think some of the stuff that's taken place in our lives has to do with attacks from the enemy because he believes or he, I believe that he knew what was coming down the pike and the lives that was going to be changed from this ministry that God was calling me in. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just had to keep putting one foot in front of the other, just not give up, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and today it's, you know, it's not like it's all, all the testing is over with all the, trials and tribulations are over with but but man they're not as bad as they used to and looking back over those five years my faith grew my my trust in the lord grew i was seeking him more um and the things that i was going through over those different years uh, throughout those years i found out though those were some of the uh, best parts of my ministry where i could minister what I went through to help others. Mm -hmm. You talk about Emmaus being that pivotal moment. And I know some of the listeners are like, what the heck is Emmaus? Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but Emmaus really is that initiative that helps us to really understand that there is nothing that we've experienced, gone through, will experience that will cause God not to love us. And mm -hmm. so during that pivotal moment, what was it about that? Because you know how you get to those places where you're struggling and you're like giving up and you're throwing your hands up. It's like, 
I'm done. I surrender. It sounds like, was that the kind of moment you had or was it more of a embracing God, God really does love me. He really loves me just like I am. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was, uh, I, I believe it was more or less just a sur complete surrender. Um, just moving back a little bit, you know, um, when I really started to seek God, I was just, things on the outside of my life looked really good. I was still, I was sober for a couple years. I still had my business. Things on the outside was looking good, but I was just not complete and full on the inside. And so I just surrendered. I'm like, I need help. God, I, I need help. Uh, uh, whatever, whatever, uh, you know, you're capable of doing to make my life better. I'm open to it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You say you were sober for a few few years. Tell me something, because I used to drink years ago. I stopped drinking in 1986, okay? And oh, wow. yeah. I, it's funny because I still, when I smell beer or alcohol, it's like, wow, <laughs> wish I could have a drink. But no, really, it, it's not so much wishing. It's like you remember. And right. so you really have to constantly put yourself in that. And let me say this to the listeners. I know the Bible doesn't say you can't drink. I get it. I'm talking about I I was led not to. And so um, and anything that I think that distorts us, that causes us harm, we have to be careful with. But when it comes to those kind of temptations, do they still exist for you? And if not, um, what did you do to, to try to, to eradicate it? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you know, every once in a while, the, those those thoughts still still come and, uh, you know, and try to try to entice me back, try to pull me back into the things of the world. And the key thing I found, Mamie, is just really doing my due diligence to stay close to God and just be obedient. Obedient has just been very important for my walk with the Lord and um, the growth that I've seen in my ministry. Um, just, you know, I, I just know that for me, I got to spend time, you know, in that morning, man, I got to spend that time in the word and uh, get some of those scriptures to, to sustain me through the day because really, really all we have is just that 24 hour reprieve, so to mm -hmm. speak, you know, uh, what, what I read and what gets me through today won't necessarily get me through tomorrow. Yeah, and the word talks about early will I seek thee, and often starting our day with Christ yes. is really, really important because it is grounding, and it does settle you so that, uh, and I'm sure you can tell the difference between when you do it and when you don't do it. You mm -hmm. might find yourself just a little bit off-center, but when you take that moment to spend that time, it makes a huge difference, and um, I know some of your members, I, you know, I love your wife, Tammy. She's a sweetheart um, and truly has a heart for God. So you have a great companion to, for you to have this in her in the ministry. Uh, tell me about some of the people that come to New City. I know we can't, we don't talk about people by name or anything like that, but tell me about the people that come. What is it they come for? What do they see and what are they receiving as a result? Okay, so majority of the folks that um, come and check out New City Church, there's a just we're drawn to a lot of new believers, people who are cu uh, curious, people who um, who maybe have not been to church or they've been to church once and it freaked them out for whatever reason. Um, people who are really hurt, and broken. That's just the those are the people that 
we're drawn to people that are just really broken and um, caught up in some addictions and just some some lifestyle of um, you know being on the streets and things. I mean, we're we're right in the heart of a you know of a of a community that's uh, that there's there's just a lot of uh, there's addiction there. There's um, the prostitution and, and so on and so forth. So we we minister, man, to to those that not all churches could necessarily minister to. And when they come in, they just learn that God loves them no matter what they've done and that God can save them no matter what they've done and that uh, he wants to do that Mm -hmm. as well. Right. And so throughout the three and a half years that we've been there in Northridge, I'm just looking back and all the different baptisms that we've, we've had and, uh, we've just scattered a lot of seeds. Mm-hmm. And so there is a lot of seeds of hope um, now in our area. And people know they can come to New City and, and find hope. Mm-hmm. And I know the word tells us that some plant, some water, and God gets the increase. And it sounds like you've planted a lot of seeds, but it also mm-hmm. sounds like you've watered a lot of seeds. One of the things that impresses me, I, I'm just impressed with New City in general, because it's just, it's such the church, I believe, that God wants us to be, where no one is excluded, that everybody is embraced. But I've watched programs, you've done um, festivals during the during Halloween, you've done outdoor baptisms, you've done Christmas things, you've done the giveaways with the school backpacks. See, I follow you and you didn't even realize it. Um, <laughs> some of the other things that you were doing, you had a food truck when the tornado came through. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh goodness! So when the, what the year was that? Was twenty nineteen, eighteen, nineteen? That was nineteen, okay. twenty nineteen Memorial Day. Um, that that tornadoes came through on the Memorial Day weekend in twenty nineteen, <clears throat> and this was like a year and a half of us doing ministry, almost two years when this happened. And uh, I, I come to, I drive to the church, and this these tornadoes have just this impacted our community in just a huge way like there's trees and roofs blowed off of these houses and i'm thinking oh my gosh what would normally take me 20 minutes to get to the church i'm i'm an hour <clears throat> into the drive trying to wrestle my way into getting through the debris to get to the <clears throat> the church parking lot and so when we get there i'm just looking at the devastations god what are we going to do what are we going to do? And I called a couple of the leaders of the church. Uh, I'm like, hey, guys, this is what's happening. They're like, wow, we got to help our community. So we gather up some water, uh, fire up the grill, hot dogs and hamburgers. We immediately start giving out water and food. And it just starts there. And then the, then so the it was that meeting, a, a meeting an immediate need was what was happening at that point. Correct. The right. immediate need. And, and through and it's hard to minister to someone when they're they're hungry. You got to feed them. You know, yeah, you got to got to <laughs> physically feed them before you can spiritually. Feed right. Them. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So uh, just a group of us got together and we started to uh, meet meet that need of the food, and then we met the need of the water, and then we were started meeting other needs of being able to go and and help people get electricity on in their homes and. Uh, uh, generators uh, started showing up at our church and the Harrison Township Government Center reached out to us and asked if we could be a hub, a distribution hub for all of this uh, 
the surrounding community in Northridge and beyond. So our, we became that hub. Mm -hmm. And there was just, there was a food truck that, that, that came and we, it was only supposed to be there for a week. And they were there for four and a half weeks. Mm -hmm. I mean, and we're like, where's, how are we going to feed all these people? How are we going to give, give them clothes and, and tarps? And how are we going to take care of these, you know, all these different needs, hygiene stuff and baby needs and all that. And through social media and prayer, God showed up in just a big way, a big, big way. And man, we were able to bless the, the community and beyond. Yeah, I saw testimonials on Facebook that indicated some of you came and helped people clean up their homes where trees had fallen and replaced mm -hmm. patios that uh, outdoor decks that had uh, been demolished and things looked even better than when they started, which was I was just blown away. And, you know, sometimes we just have to start something. You see people struggling and you see people having a difficult time. Just do something. And just the thought of maybe a few hot dogs and hamburgers brought all of the community together and then outside the community people said you know what we need to help them we see what they're doing and so i see god's hand in all of that how did your congregation receive all i mean how how did they grow as a result of this or did they well oh they certainly grew from that in fact i get asked like the one of the number one questions i get asked from other pastors is how are you making disciples and I just uh, I say the number one tool for discipleship for for our church is allowing serving opportunities. Mm -hmm. When when we get out of ourselves and we go and help others, we change. That's good. Yeah, we absolutely change. And There's that's something what, about that, giving to mm -hmm. others that that does something on the inside of us. Absolutely. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So you, you've done that. You've partnered with the community or the community has partnered with you. And then the congregants, they see what you're doing and they join you in what you're doing. It reminds me of that book, Experiencing God. I think it's mm -hmm. Blackaby wrote. And um, they talk about just see what God is doing and join him in what he's mm -hmm. doing. And mm -hmm. so it sounds like you saw God providing a need because I think I came there and did a, a, a women's ministry the week after the tornado. And the mm -hmm. amazing thing is I was looking, I mean, homes and businesses were leveled and, and I could not believe the devastation all around. And yet you thrived. Mm -hmm. What do you attribute that to? I give it all to God, you know, absolutely tribute to him, man. I mean, the best part of all that is I've got to see a couple come into our church that did not uh, have a relationship with God, but we showed up at their house and helped them put a tarp over their roof, helped them get electricity in their house, made sure they had food, made sure that their baby had, had diapers, made sure they had hygiene products, made sure they had plenty of water. There's no water or electricity mm -hmm. for two weeks in this area. It was terrible. Mm -hmm. And that couple has been in our church ever since, mm -hmm. ever since they've been there. And in fact, they're both um, very involved now in serving on a weekly basis, all because we showed up just to do the next right thing. Right. I was writing about this week about being altruistic and that whole selflessness. And that's what you demonstrate, because in all of that, I never saw any um, news, news article or any kind of, um, media that said, 
Pastor Chris did this. I saw a church. I saw New City Church selflessly reaching out to individuals in the community to see what they could do. And when I saw New City Church, what I saw was God doing the work. It reminded me of the story of the Good Samaritan. He helped someone with no expectation. They had to give. He had to give in order to help that uh, to, to help that Samaritan. But there was no thought of who he was. You never knew his name. You just knew he helped. So how do you handle that when people say, oh, Pastor Chris, you, you did this or Pastor Chris, you did that. And oh, Pastor Chris, you've overcame so much. And how do you how do you deal with that? Mm, well, I mean, it's I, I just know that it, it took the whole team. It, it took a, a handful of people to put off to, to pull off what we've done in the past. And it took it takes a handful of people to put off to, you know, to do what we do today. I mean, we give away uh, 200 or something backpacks last uh, Saturday for the Northridge students back to school bash. I mean, there was uh, 20 or 30 new city people just all over the lawn doing it. I just, I'm a visionary person by, by, uh, nat nature. by nature, futuristic. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, I, Cast a vision, man, and uh, and write it big on the tablets, like the Word of God says. Right, and like Habakkuk. He says, write the vision, make I, it plain, I, so those that see it can run to it. That's so, it. So what that's is it. your vision for New City Church? Man, you know what it is, Mamie. It's to uh, equip the saints for the work of the ministry. All right, say scripture. <laughs> Every person has a call. Every person God wants to use for the kingdom of God. And not all of them are called to pastor. Not all of them are called to be teachers and prophets and evangelists. And, but they all are called. And my job is to make sure that they get, they serve in their, in their calling. I have passion for that because I know when people serve and what they are called to serve, where they're called to serve in, they will change and grow. And their ministry will never be like a job. It'll just be something that they just want to do. Mm -hmm. What is interesting to me, you said you're an entrepreneur. I knew you had a business, you have a business. Um, yeah. And so you already had a lot of business skills. And so how does, and then overcome, having to overcome substance abuse and all of that. How is that helpful for the people that are coming into the church, knowing your story? What does that do for them? Do they ever tell you that they wanted to see someone like themselves or well, how, what is that like? I think the biggest thing is, is uh, for those that come into the church that wrestle with addiction, they know that there's hope. They know when that, when I share my story with them, I'm very transparent in, my, in the pulpit. And when I share my story with them, that gives them hope of knowing, man, you know, look where he's at. You know, do, you know, he's he's in this position as a pastor. But look where he said where he come from. You know, he was addicted to drugs and, and alcohol and now god is really using him so maybe god can really use me mm -hmm. so hope man is is the key word we got a sign uh right, right when you walk into the uh entrance of our church and it's a big sign it says hope is found here mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. hope is found here and it's found in christ and we know that but our our job is just to get them into the doors that's what i try to tell the new city folks let's get let's get get them in the doors and let God take it from there. Mm -hmm. So yeah. when you have someone that's really struggling with, with addiction, do you have programs or anything in house? I know that there's a 12 step program and I don't know if you're 
church hosts that, but are there other programs within New City that you can offer or do you partner them with maybe a support person? How do, how do you do that? All right. So one of a uh, couple things. The first is that we do offer recovery meetings twice a week at New City. Mm-hmm. There's recovery meetings. And then also we're big on small groups. Okay. We're big on small groups. And, and I want to try to place every, every person that calls New City Church their home church. I'm, my goal was to get them placed in a small group. And in that small group, um, we're strategic about who we place and where we place. And, um, you know, there's some recovery small groups. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a, a coming up a small group for, for singles and whatnot. And um, I know my wife and I, we tend to get, uh, Tammy and I tend to get um, recovery people that are new to Christ. And man, we've just been able to see a lot of fruit come from that mm-hmm. as they just learn their identity in Christ. Because recovery talks more about doesn't necessarily hit the the doesn't really hit home with with Jesus and you know and and it's just more about the God of you know your understanding but man when when you get the Lord man it's just like you know it's just a whole different it just takes you to a whole different arena and it's really cool to see that take place with some of those folks that come in fresh off the street mm-hmm. and we get to just minister with them one-on-one and uh yeah it's pretty cool you know someone like you and i where we understand what it means when we finally get it right where we have that identity in christ and we understand who we are and we understand how god loves us how do you help someone or, or is it or can you help someone identify or get to that place i i, I it's hard to describe. I think it's euphoric in some ways, but it's like when you connect with Christ, everything else is, it's not that it's insignificant. You are able to see it in a different light and you are able to see yourself in the way he sees you. How would you, how do you tell someone that, or do you tell them? Do you have to just show them in your actions and your attitude? How, how how does that happen? Man, that's a great question. Um, I think, I think, your character and and your actions, man, just speak for itself. You know, I don't think you can actually, I mean, we can tell you, I can tell you so that God loves you and he so much, and there's nothing that you can do to make him love you anymore. He loves you so much. Right. But until you get it yourself till you have that one-on-one aha moment with him, you know, and, and you'll get it. If you're listening, mm-hmm. if you haven't had that, you'll get it. So you'll get. It. You, you just, were you in just, re- you were in recovery, and you got it somewhat in there. It's like you understood the whole recovery part, but there was more because you went through that um, Emmaus experience, or I'll call it uh, a religious initiative or spiritual. I don't like the word religious. I like spiritual experience where you had a God encounter. So mm-hmm. in, in in that, how how do you guide individuals into a true pursuit of God? Jeez. You make me think I'm asking hard questions. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that's a good one. That one got me thinking. So, uh, man, I'm not afraid to grab somebody by the hand and say, come on. They'll be like, where are we going? I'm like, 
come on, we're going to get, we're going to go, uh, serve the homeless. We're going to go down. We're going to go downtown, downtown. We're going to take all this food. We're going to go down there and we're going to minister to, to some people. We're going to mm-hmm. get involved. We're going to do things and, uh, action, man. Um, I got this thing. I, I think, I don't know if I've come up with it or not. Normally I give credit where credit's due, but I got this thing that it says that I like to say is information without application is just information. Right. But information plus application equals transformation. Information plus application equals transformation. I mean, I can preach all you know, my heart out on Sunday mornings that they don't apply it. They ain't nothing going to change. You know that, right? Right. But if you take a little bit of what the word of God has to say and you apply that to your life and you live it the best you can, you can't help but to change. And, and that's a great point because you're right. We stand up in the pulpit. We preach this stuff and then they never see us do it. And if they don't see us do it, it's like, you're just talking heads. It's like, you know, why am I listening to you? I could be, you know, out doing something else. But when you, I like that, you grab them by the hand and say, hey, come on, let's go serve the homeless. Let's go bring some blankets. Let's go, you know, do whatever instead of just talking a lot. What is the biggest challenge you see in pastoring? Oh, man, biggest challenge I see in pastoring I would say right now in my context, my current challenge is to reach the community that I am called in to, to let them, to get them into the church and to get an experience, have an experience with God. <clears throat> Maybe the church building where I had planted a church at has been there in that location, in that neighborhood for exactly 100 years. It's been added on Mm -hmm. since then, but the physical building has been there 100 years. And when I planted there and we reached out to the community, that community has said, well, no one has ever invited me to that church. I said, well, okay, We're, we're new. We're a new church plant. Okay, and want you to know that this church is in your community and it's for you. So it's taken four up to four years now that we've been in this community to build trust. Mm. Every once in a while, I'll see someone from the Tuesday night um, free dinner that we do every Tuesday night. I'll see them come in on Sunday. And when I see that, I'm like, all right, God, I see you. I see. So that's an example. The church really is not that building. I mean, really, it's been a revitalization in mm-hmm. in that community with New City being there, but not just mm-hmm. being there in a physical structure, literally mm-hmm. going out, ministering to the community and bringing the church in is, mm-hmm. is what you're doing instead of from the opposite direction, from the outside and inside out. You know, um, so that's a good thing. And that's a that's what we want. Well, I, I think of when Jesus gave us the command, go ye therefore and make disciples. I, I, I really believe that's what new city is doing. And I have another question with regard to, you know, how we've gotten, you know, I come from an old school church. Okay. Old school Baptist, old school songs, all, you know, they're going to beat scripture into you. You're going to get saved one way or the other, Uh, (laughs) the mourners bench and the whole bit. Um, But when now we've got these, individuals who are so educated in the pulpits 
they're using, you know, the language is such that people can't even hardly understand it. And, and Jesus, to me, it, he was profound, but he did it in a very simple way. I, I know from watching you on Facebook, you've been in school. Uh, see, I do. I really thought you think I was a stalker, right? <laughs> How has school facilitated your ability to minister to the people? Because you're in seminary, correct? Yeah, so I'm t I'm taking course of study classes okay. uh, right now, and so um, this has been this has been a real challenge for me because I come out of out of high school, maybe I went right into construction, man, and I I jumped right into starting a business, and so I barely I barely got out of high school, man. I'm serious. <laughs> I was. I was Is that another testimony? <laughs> came through, man. Yeah, and so uh, now I'm taking four classes, you know, a year trying to get these 20 course of study classes done, you know, and it's been, been challenging. So, um, but it's also been, it's been helpful to me. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not out to get no doctorate degree. I'm not out to do all that. I'm just out to do whatever I got to do to be a, to be a, a true authentic minister of the word. Mm -hmm. And some of those classes and and how I got to write these papers and stuff now, you know, it helps me to be able to write better better sermons and things. So right, and I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna lie, man, that's cool. <laughs> I'm like, hang on, what does this have to do with reaching people for Jesus? You know, talk about exegesis and, and you know, <laughs> breaking down scriptures and using these big fancy words, rightly and, dividing the word of truth and all of that. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, yeah. I facilitated United, and um, some of the things that they they teach is really getting to know who you are in Christ and really strengthening that mm -hmm. that relationship and helping you to make sure that, you know, you have the tools necessary uh, as you minister to God's people. So I, I did want to get that out there, that you are doing those things that continue to grow you as you grow the body of Christ. So what else could you uh, say to those who are listening that maybe they don't go to church? Maybe they're sick of church as usual. Maybe they're in a place where they've tried to overcome something very difficult that you have overcome. And they're wondering, Dad, you know, he's really seems like he's got this thing figured out. What, what would you say to him? Wow. So I, I would say I would say this, if. If you're struggling in any area of your life, no matter if it's with an addiction or if it's with a with a marriage that's just not doing very good or, you know, your identity, who you are, your purpose and all that. I would say this, that from my experience, there's not been anything outside of my relationship with God has been able to fulfill um, what I have needed eternally. It's only come from God. And I would say this, get into a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. And when you get there, get involved. Get, get involved. Find a place to serve. Find a place to give back. And if the church doesn't have any outreach, if it ain't doing anything outside the walls, in my opinion, I think you ought to find another church because the church on Sundays is a place where we should just come together and celebrate what we've done during the week. And I just would end with this also is that the life that I have today is a life that I never, ever dreamed, dreamed or imagined I would ever have. 
but it's only and it's only because of um, God and his love for me and my obedience just to keep moving forward and, and to keep seeking him and not give up and not throw in the towel. You remind me of the old song that said, this joy I have, the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Come on. And, That's right. and that really is what I hear resonating in you. I mm. know you got to, I thought this was a very poignant moment and it moved me that you got to baptize your parents. Oh, what was man. that like? What an honor. Mamie, we baptized 165 folks in, in three and a half years. Oh, praise this God. This has been incredible. Um, and half of those baptisms have taken place outside of the church at different events that we've done. And so my we wasn't raised in church. Mom and dad, um, you know, many people believe. You know, we've always believed in God. We never was raised in church. And mom and dad made a commitment to start coming once I, you know, the, once the church start, opened up and they came. We was doing a baptism six months after we opened up. And it was a spontaneous baptism. Those are the best. Spontaneous baptism. The Holy Spirit had put it on my heart that there is somebody in here that is ready to take their next step. And I had no clue that it was going to be my mom or my dad. Mm. And when my dad stood up and then my mom stood up and I got the honor of doing that, I that know was the high, highlight of my ministry, man. Mm. It's probably an unforgettable moment. He changes generations. Just and now my kids, now my kids follow him <laughs> and my kids got baptized and, and now I'm going to be baptizing their kids and, he changes generation. This joy that we have, the world didn't give it, and the world didn't take it. Like I said, when I saw you baptize your parents, I felt what you felt. Um, as I looked at your face, and I looked at your dad's face and your mom, and I can't imagine the thought of knowing that here I had a son who was struggling, and God redeemed and delivered him, and here he is showing us the way to Christ. What an amazing, amazing story and one that many people need to hear. Are there any last thoughts that you'd like to leave with everyone? Man, um, I just, I, I just, I love the, I love the Lord and everything that he's done in my life and anything good in my life has come because a result of him. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're, if you're listening and you're, you're on the fence about church, you know, uh, give it a, give it a, a shot, man. Give it or give it another shot. Maybe the COVID has pulled you away and many people's pulled away from the church. And that's not God's intentions. The church is the bride of Christ. And, mm -hmm. and, 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 and one day Christ is coming back for that church. And our job is to make sure it's full and that there are people in the church for him. When he comes back. Amen. Amen. So for people that might want to reach you or talk with you, Chris, what is your contact information? So my contact information is that you can reach me through newcitychurchdayton.org. You can reach, uh, you can reach me, um, through the church, um, uh, office numbers, 937-723-9978. And, uh, um, uh, I'm on Facebook, Chris Reese on Facebook, Pastor Chris Reese and New City Church on Facebook. And we're also on YouTube as well. Well, Chris, I have to tell you, I am so grateful 
extremely humbled for you to take the time to speak with me, to share your story, to be so transparent um, and to share your love of God. I think if anything, I hope everyone got out of this is that none of us are perfect. Um, all of us have something that really that we struggle with that pulls at us, that seeks to take us away from the love of God. But when he's in your heart, there is just nothing. And I mean, nothing like serving Christ and knowing him and knowing him for yourself. So again, thank you uh, to any of you listening and think that God can't deliver you and move you into a place of freedom and acceptance. I hope that Pastor Chris's story gives you hope and it helps you to see yourself as God sees you. Until next time, brothers and sisters, God bless you and be sure to see the sunrise, the S-O-N, to see Christ in your everyday situations. God bless.